would we would see that the uh, the holiday season, you know, I, I would observe like this sets people back. And so for me, that was something that I wanted to learn to understand more. I was like, how do we make it to where it's not stressful? We have gifts. We're not behind the next year because of it. Uh, and so that's really what I'm going to cover today. Now, before we jump into this, uh, what I want to do is just start with some ground rules, some things we cover every week. Okay. So the first one is, as you're watching, I want you to have a purpose for being here. Okay. So if you are watching this right now and you don't know the reason for your attendance, why am I here? What am I trying to get out of this? You know, um, where am I trying to apply this in my life to improve my finances? Then I want you to think about that really quick and get that purpose because we're not going to learn if we don't have a purpose. Right. So I want you to have that first. The second thing is I want you to get rid of the myth that money is difficult, that it's complex, that it's confusing, that finances can't be understood. None of this is true. Right. Finances are basic math. And so if you can understand math and you can understand vocabulary, then you can understand finances. And so that's really what it comes down to is most of the time when I felt like I didn't understand finances, it's because I didn't understand the words that were being used. Right. I didn't have the vocabulary down. Vocabulary is made up. So other people come up with, here's this word we're going to use. This word means this thing. And with finances, this thing represents math and it represents just the flow of money. And if I can understand the flow of money, it almost kind of doesn't matter what it's called. That makes sense. Like it's more of a thing of like, do I get what's happening? And then it's easier for me actually to understand some of these words, terms, and definitions. So get rid of the myth that, you know, I, I can't learn this. It's too complicated. It's too sophisticated because it's just not. Right. I went to Houston High School. My graduating class had 60 kids in it. Grew up. My parents got divorced. I didn't go to college. I grew up lower income, lower class. Like there's no reason why I should be teaching this webinar other than the fact that I learned how to understand money at a very young age. And I continue to do that today. Okay. The second thing is I want to have you guys remove any idea that you know this already. Okay. Knowledge is, is, is represented by results. So if I don't have results by definition, I lack knowledge in the area. Doesn't matter how many times I've read it, I've watched it, I've listened to it. If I'm like, like, think about it. If I'm, I used to be a bodybuilder. If I'm working out at the gym every day and you're like, man, I've already done this. I've worked out, but I'm still out of shape. It doesn't matter how hard I work. Something's off. Something's wrong. Right. So I want you to think what that is. Okay. Where could I improve? Where could I have a better financial condition? Where could I be seeing better results in my life? And if I'm lacking that, then that puts me in a position where, okay, I, I, need, I need to learn. I need to figure out, like, instead of like listening from a standpoint of what have I already heard, I need to be listening from a standpoint of why is this being said? What should I be doing with this? What does Jerry mean when he says that? Why is Jerry saying this specifically? Because it all is there for a reason and a purpose. And that's how you dive into it and really get as much out of it as you can. Okay. And then finally, I do want to uh, make you guys aware, this is a live webinar. We want it to be um, engaging. So if you have questions, um, I want to invite you and welcome you to drop those in the chat. Okay. I do like to go live throughout and answer your questions. I'll actually turn your microphone on um, so that you and I can talk and we can basically go over whatever questions you have uh, and, and be able to answer those, right? So um, if you have those, drop those in the chat. If you're on Facebook, same thing. Um, and we'll make sure that that gets uh, covered and we go over that. Okay. And then secondarily on this point, um, if you're watching this and you're not yet a client, one of my main intentions today is for you to become one, okay? I can only help you so much in 45 minutes on a webinar, right? So it's going to take years of working together, you getting the right information, getting the right knowledge, being able to apply it and understand it to really master this money thing. So on that note, um, there are two things that I'll be mentioning throughout the webinar that I want to make you aware of. The first one is going to be uh, my book, okay? And I'm going to share this on my screen so you can see it. 
Um, and so you can get some understanding of, of how this might be able to help you after the webinar. Okay, because I've been to these webinars. You watch it. It's great. That's awesome. Uh, you're going to go home back to your life, and, and you're not going to change because of one thing you saw in a webinar today. Okay, it's going to take more. It's going to take knowledge. It's going to take behavior change. It's going to take new habits. It's going to take some accountability. So this is my book, Blueprint of Financial Freedom. Um, and what this book will do is it's going to go over way more than we can cover today, but it's going to give you the exact strategies that the top 1% of wealth have used historically. I've used them personally. We work with clients on this basis as well. Uh, and it's going to give them to you in the right sequence. Like, here's what you should do. Here's why you should do it. Here's when you should do it. And here's the right order to do it in. Plus, here's a team to make sure you do it correctly. And that's what this book is about. So if you ever uh, at any point during the webinar today want to get a copy of this, I want to recommend go to jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo. Okay, and you can get a free copy of the book, right? So here's the thing with books. The average American does not buy books, okay? Like, like if you look at what do people spend money on, it's, it's usually not books, it's other stuff. And so I look at my responsibility in being able to help you if you're watching this is to make sure that I remove the barriers to make it easier for you to get the information that I have. Okay, so if, if buying a book is a barrier, we've removed the price. It's free. You don't have to buy the book. You just pay for your shipping. Okay, we'll send the book to you. I actually lose money on the book. Okay, we, we lose money on the book. We don't make money. It's, we're literally, we're losing money to give you the book for free with shipping, right? So you get the book, you have the book. We also then give you a course supervisor who you can reach out to, get your questions answered. And they're gonna make sure you finish the book and understand the material. The average American that does buy a book finishes less than one book a year. So we're going to remove the barrier of you finishing and understanding the book by having someone make sure you do finish it and make sure you do understand it. And then lastly is being able to, to, to apply and succeed with the information. Okay. Most people don't immediately apply what they've learned. And so we've got a team that's going to set up a coaching call with you and they're going to find out what do we need to work on? Like, how can we help you apply what you're learning in the, in the material you read from the blueprint to financial freedom? Right. So though those are all things that come with the book. Um, again, if you go to jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo during the webinar today, you can grab that. Um, and then the final thing I want to make you aware of is I do have two of my staff in the webinar here. So we have Rod Torres and Nano Aquino. Um, I want to just bring them on for a minute so they can introduce my, themselves and, and, and just kind of give you some info on who they are and what their intention is with the webinar and how they're going to be helping out today. Um, and so these are both people that are on my sales team. Uh, they work with clients. They work with new people. They, they've got just tons and tons of experience on helping people become clients, make it through the steps on the blueprints and actually uh, achieve their financial goals and dreams. And so they'll be reaching out to you in the chat one-on-one -on -one just to find out, do you want to set up a call? Okay. Do you want to get the book? Can we help you set up a call? Can we answer your questions? Um, so first I want to bring on Rod here. Um, and so let me bring Rod and I have him on unmute. So Rod is, is on our sales team. Um, you know, he's been a, a longtime client here for a while. He's also had a lot of experience in recruiting, sales, building organizations, servicing people. Uh, but I'll let him introduce himself. What's up, Rod? Hey, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. So if you could just give us a quick uh, who you are, what you're about, and, and, and what people can uh, connect with you on today. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, my name's Rod. I've been working with Jerry now for, I want to say, since April. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget my very first, I used to work for another financial firm, but I'll never forget my very first introduction to a financial advisor, which was basically spitting back exactly what I told them as a financial plan with the addition 
of an expensive life insurance policy. That was it. That was the entire uh, connection with that. And the cool thing about Jerry is I read his book and I couldn't put it down. It took me six hours. I read the book. It made total sense. It solved all the holes that existed on the prior financial service. And it completely handled every little aspect of finance from getting out of debt, what to do with old retirement accounts, where to invest in passive income, um, financial literacy. It just handled every aspect of finance to get out of financial traps, become your own bank, and just understanding the process from where you're at, no matter where you are, to becoming financially free. So that's what Neno and I will be helping you with. And that's why you should take that book, Blueprint to Financial Freedom, and read it cover to cover. It's not that long. It's very simple to understand. You don't have to be a genius to understand that book. Like I said, it took me six hours. I couldn't put the thing down. So I highly recommend grabbing that book. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And then Neno and I will just jump on calls with you and coach you through the whole process. Um, so yeah, awesome, I put, awesome. I put my calendar there for you to, uh, Neno will also post his calendar link and you could just book a 15 minute call with us and we'll take care of you. Awesome. Thank you, Rod. And then let me bring Neno on real quick as well. Hey, Jay. Hey, what's, what's up, up Neno? How's it going? Good, good. If you could just do a quick intro for people um, that, that you'll be connecting and reaching out with. Of course, just to keep it. Uh, you know, I've been working with Jerry first. Sorry, as a client, November 2017. Months later, just after I saw what he was doing. So that's in a nutshell. That's my story. You know, with the company. And uh, whenever you get a book, my intention and goal is to be help to help you. Right? Should you choose to help? To let's see what's applicable to you right now. Yes, let's take a look at the bigger picture of what we're trying to be accomplished, which it says on the title of the book. Financial freedom. But before we, we get there, like, how can we actually take some things that are applicable to me right now? Different aspects. You know, I may have debt. You know, how do I save in taxes? You know, how do I protect myself? Legally speaking, uh, and, and a couple of different points, right, that it is important in order for a person to build wealth. And just like a recipe to that a person needs to, let's say, to bake a cake, you know, is there such a one in order to build wealth, right? The book will present that in this just like rod said like in a very simplistic manner that's like okay this makes sense right and if you even like if you don't want the help you can get the book and go apply the data yourself but if you do want to help just get on a call we'll basically be able to coach you throughout the the process and um it's you know you have a lot to gain from that awesome thank you nano um, so guys, uh, Nano and Rod are going to be reaching out to you throughout the webinar. And again, the book is something that like Nano said, we, I wrote it. So where if you're like, Hey, I don't want to work with anyone, uh, you can implement it all by yourself. Like I wrote it in a way where you actually could just go do that. Right. So, uh, we would prefer to work with you because we have the right products, the right services, the right tools, the right team, the right experience to get you there. Um, you know, we're going to get you there probably further than you might get on your own. Right. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump into our topic. So it is Christmas season, right? And what I want to talk about today is how to actually financially improve your condition during Christmas season, during the holiday season. So we just had Black Friday shopping. We just had Cyber Monday. Uh, and a lot of us, you know, we spend this week or the past week buying gifts, buying presents uh, and spending money. 
right? And the attention, and here's what I want to first point out, the attention that the average family, the average individual has on consumerism during this period of time far outweighs the attention being put on production, right? Like think about it. It's Christmas season and we feel the obligation to go spend money. Like think about that. What if we switched this? What if we felt the obligation to go produce? And so I want to ask you as you're watching, at what point during the year do you feel that obligation? No one creates that. It's the, and the reason is because nobody cares. If they're not going to market to you like, hey, it's income season. Go earn lots of income, right? Or, hey, it's saving season. Go increase your savings rate. Like that's not marketed to. And so the first thing I want to do is I want to unplug the idea of this is normal. Like, oh, we're supposed to spend money and we're supposed to do this. It's not. It's corporations marketing to you. That's it. Like it literally is made up. The corporations get behind it and they, they market, you need to buy trees, you need to buy decorations, you need to buy gifts, you need to buy a, a frozen turkey and ham and all this stuff. And it's something that's entirely fabricated in order to get us to spend more money. Okay, similar to Black Friday season. Now, I'm not going to tell you don't celebrate Christmas and don't buy gifts, but I'm telling you first point of this is awareness, right? When I make financial decisions, why am I making them? Spending money on gifts is a financial decision. Spending money on, on, on holiday shopping is a financial decision. It's not something that happens just like accidentally. Like we're, we're watching this and we're like, okay, I need to do this. I need to be involved financially in this, in this event. So I'm going to take money and I'm going to put it towards, you know, these different items because that's what everyone else is doing and that's what's expected. Right. So what if we expected something different? Okay, like I'm going to tell you guys like a friend, I do some awesome Christmas presents for people that matter to me and I'm going to make sure that I take care of them and all that, but I'm also going to earn a lot of income. And I'm also going to spend time on reducing my taxes this time of year. And I'm also going to look at how can I max out my savings. And I'm going to do that more than I do the Christmas stuff because that affords me the Christmas stuff. Okay, so when I was a kid, like, like, and this was maybe a good example because we just didn't have money. Like we did, you know, my mom did spend on, on Christmas things. We were broke throughout the year, but I never got extravagant gifts. Like one year I got a yo-yo. It was like this little plastic yo-yo. I opened it up and I went down like with the string and it broke in half. Okay. 75 cent yo-yo from the dollar store within 30 seconds opening, it was broken because it was just such a cheap toy. So I never had this thing of like, it's Christmas. You're supposed to go spend all of the money that you have on gifts. Right. Or you're supposed to go in debt because somebody else needs a present. Guys, they're going to put it in their closet at some point and they're going to give it away or throw it out. Right. It's going to expire. And so this is the point I want to make is, is be intentional with your finances during this period rather than being at effect, being, you know, what I would call a sheep or a zombie because I got marketed to. I have to now go spend all my money on gifts that other people are going to forget about in 24 months. And I'm going to buy them new ones next year. And it's just this repetitive cycle doesn't make any sense unless I've got the excess income, especially if I'm, if I'm not earning enough, especially if it's going to negatively impact me. Okay. So what I want to talk about today is how do we change the viewpoint during holiday season, during Christmas shopping and, and New Year's and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all these things we're going to be told to spend money on during this period. And this is not a, a message about don't spend money. This is a message about know what matters. Have your priorities in line. Right. Like you'll you'll be you'll be happier because you saved. You'll be happier because you invested. OK, all the other stuff is is really kind of just materialism when you could when it comes down to it. Right. So here's the first thing is I would say I would say understand during this period, there's two things that happen. I'm going to draw this out on the whiteboard. 
Okay, there's two things that happen. First thing is expenses go up. Right, so expenses increase. And why is that? During this period of time, what are we doing? We're buying gifts. Okay, we're doing more outings. Uh, we're buying special foods. We're maybe traveling and spending on plane tickets. So expenses go up. And, and I like to spend money too. I'm not going to tell you that you should live on beans and rice and all this different stuff. But be aware that if the expenses go up, it's going to come from somewhere. Okay. The other thing that happens is for most people during this period of time, the income goes down. Why is that? We're taking time off. We have this, this myth that, oh, it's the end of the year. Let me coast in. And you know during Christmas season, I'm just going to be in my pajamas most of the time and stay at home and try not to, you know, I'm going to coast into the end of the year and have a comfortable, snug little holiday season. Okay. What that's code for is I'm going to make less money. Okay. You're not going to make more money during the holiday season if you're doing that stuff. Now, again, if that's your priority, if you're looking at it logically and you're like, yes, I prefer to make less money in the month of November and December. Great. That's your decision. That's your plan. Go do it. If you're looking at it logically and you're like, yes, I prefer to spend more money during the month of November and December. Great. That's your prerogative. Go do it. But if you're like unaware, not really thinking about it from a standpoint of I'm, I'm at cause here and the expenses go up and the income goes down, what's going to happen? There's only two, two ways this game goes. You deplete your savings and, or you go into debt. Those are the only two outcomes. During Christmas, the average person will either deplete their savings and or go into debt. So how do we reverse this? The first thing we need to reverse is we need to reduce the expenses, increase the income. We just literally need to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Spend less, earn more. Okay. And, and the more you earn, the less you've got to reduce the expenses. So I would be thinking with, if I'm watching this webinar today, what's the first thing I should do? I need to go freaking increase my income. Whatever I can do, I'm going to put in more hours, not less hours. I'm going to find, if I'm a salesperson, I'm going to find more sales during this period of time. Here's the thing is during this period of time, people are conditioned to spend money. If you're in sales, go join the gravy train, right? Same thing. If I'm a business, I should be increasing my marketing budget right now. If I'm an employee, think about it. Everyone else wants time off. What does that mean? There's an availability of time and a shortage of workers. I'm going to go take the extra hours. Okay, if I'm on salary, same thing, the end of the year, most companies don't have their best months in November and December. So if I create an initiative of like, hey, I want to increase my company's growth during the last quarter of the year, and I want to, you know, maybe negotiate a bonus with my employer on that, they're probably going to be all for it. But increase the income, increase the income needs to be the focus. Income solves everything. Okay, anytime the income goes down, it's because first, the responsibility to increase income dropped. Like you need to have this mindset. And, and this is something that I don't talk about enough with you guys. Your responsibility is to go earn income. That needs to be the mindset. My responsibility is to go earn income, right? Like it's an obligation of mine. Rather than my obligation is to buy Christmas presents, my obligation is to provide for my family. My obligation is to expand. My obligation is to be financially solvent. My obligation is to leave a legacy. My obligation is to be able to give lots of money to good causes. Right. But instead, I gave it to them all. You see what I'm saying? So, so it's not that you can't have both, but it's that if you have one happening more than the other, and this is not just finances, this is everything. If I'm like, hey, I want to go to the gym and work out and lose weight. Well, then I need to eat less food. If I'm trying to lose weight, that's what it comes down to. I need to eat less. 
Okay. And, and, and that means that I'm going to give them some things up in order to get where I'm trying to go to, right? I'm trying to grow my business. So I'm trying to hire more employees. And guess what that means? It means I actually spend more on marketing, spend more on staff, less on myself. That's not a sacrifice. That's an investment because it gets me to where I'm going. Right. So this mindset shift is the first thing that needs to happen during Christmas. And for me, like that really helped when I realized, okay, this is just a commercialized event. If you pay attention, you walk through the stores, you're going to see it every two to three months. Right now, all the Snickers bars have little, you know, holiday stuff on them. Okay. In two months, they're all going to have hearts. Okay. In another couple months, they're all going to have bunny rabbits on them. And another couple months, it's going to have fireworks. Another couple months, it's going to have pumpkins. Another couple, couple months, it's going to have, you know, the snowman on it again. Like this is a machine. And so we're, we're, we're looking at it as like, oh, I have to go do this thing. And it's like, no, no, no. Take a step back and focus on, okay, this season is going to end. And I'm still going to have the condition that I'm in financially as a result. I'm responsible for that. If my credit card balance went up, I caused that. If my savings went down, I caused that. If I didn't earn enough income, I caused that. And I need to first have that mindset. Okay. Because I'm going to show you a bunch of stuff today on how to like, improve your finances. But if I don't have the desire first to improve my finances, then none of it's going to help. It's going to be a bandaid on a bullet wound. It's going to keep bleeding and gushing. And at some point the bandaid's going to fall off and we're going to be at square one again. Right? So, and here's, here's the other thing too, and this is to each their own um, introspection on it. I have found for me personally, when I was in a bad financial condition, it was because I actually wanted it. Somehow it served me to have debt. Somehow it served me to have low income. Somehow it served me to not have money saved. Somehow it served me to make bad decisions with finances. And so if somebody were to come and do all of the, here's what you should do and da, 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 and let's get you out, let's help you this, and let's give you all those special life hacks to get your finances in order. But my game is still, I want to be broke in debt, low income, because I still have that serving me in some way. I'm just going to go recreate it. Right. So I have to first have the decision. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm doing it differently. And I had that decision years ago where I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm never going to be in this position again. Okay. And, and, and here's what I want to share with you today before we get into the strategies. For me, when I've looked at this, I've been doing this for over a decade with families. And I want to challenge you with this thought. If you've not made the decision of, okay, I'm going to start building wealth now, how bad does it have to suck before you finally do? How dig of a hole, how big of a deep of a hole do you need to dig? How painful does it need to get before you're like, okay, this is enough. I'm done. And let me challenge you with this. It doesn't need to suck. You can just decide that's better. Like that side over there, having solvency, not having debt, having money put away for investments, having passive income. It's just better. I'm going to go do that. I don't need to have an event where I hit rock bottom and life sucks. And I'm finally like, I'm done. This is it. I'm done putting up with it and being reasonable. I'm going to go create wealth. I had to have that. I had, I had to be in a hotel room in Minnesota in the middle of February with no plane ticket home, my rental car being taken away from me and nowhere to sleep the next light night before I was like, I'm done. Okay. I don't want you to have to experience that because it's not necessary. I can tell you now being on the other side of it, it is better to have more money. It is better to have savings. It's better not to have debt. It's better to have high income. It's better to not have to think about what I spend on because of the fact that I have abundance because I can create it because I first made the decision to, right? So we're creating something either way. And whatever you have right now is what you've created. And your actions are the recipe you have followed to create the current condition. So if I don't like the current condition, I need to stop following the recipe I have. It means my shit doesn't work. 
I've got to do different stuff. Otherwise, it's going to keep creating the same situation. So I physically and literally have to change something I do that's on a daily basis in order to get a different outcome. And for this, it's a seasonal thing. So it's, it's you know, what do I do every October, November, December? And if that leads to me being broke, I need to change it. I need to take something that's a habit. It's a practice for me and make it different, like materially different in my life where I don't do it anymore that way. Okay. So here's a few things I want to give you now that I've given you like my rant on the mindset, right? Here's a few things I want to give you. So the first thing on, on the holiday season is it's not a surprise, right? We've, we've gone over this. It happens every, every December 25th, since you were a baby, you've known about this, right? And so what I would recommend is I would recommend at the beginning of the year, okay? January 1st would be a great day to do this. January 1st, I would look at how much did I spend on holidays last year? Okay, on presents and gifts and traveling and actually know that number. What is the number that I spend on average? And then I would take that number, let's say that it's, you know, three grand, for example. And I'm going to divide that by 12 months. Okay, if I do that, I know that I need to be setting aside $250 a month for holidays. By the time I get there, I'll have three grand saved so that when I do this, it's planned. When I buy the presents, it's not coming out of my credit card. It's not an accident. It's not something that's, you know, willy-nilly, and then I'm regretting it later, or I'm worried about whatever's going to happen with my finances. No, no, no. I knew it was going to happen. It happened last year. It happened the year before. It happened the year before. I just have the awareness level and responsibility level of, okay, I'm going to plan for it now. What's the nut that I spend? What's the amount? And I'm going to divide that by 12 months, and I'm going to put an account. I could literally call it the holiday account if I wanted to. You could even set up a sacred account for this. If you know you're going to spend it, here's the thing. So like, if I know I'm going to spend the money on stuff, it's gone, right? It went to stuff. Okay, stuff isn't bad, but when you got more stuff than money, stuff is bad. Okay, most people have more stuff than money. If we took all the money they had and we took all the stuff they have, they've got more stuff than they have money. So that's where it's out of balance. That's where it's not a good thing anymore, right? So we want to look at, okay, if, I, if I'm going to spend three grand for the year and I would put 250 a month away, what if I put that 250 a month into a sacred account? Okay, hear me out on this, especially if you're listening to this and you're someone that, like me, has actually gone into debt on Christmas before, like been spending on gifts and stuff. If I'm going to go into debt anyways, I'm going to borrow money. Why not borrow from myself? I already know I'm going to spend three grand. Okay, so here's how this would work is I would put 250 a month into a sacred account. This one is designated just for the holidays. Okay, and at Christmas time, I'm going to borrow against the $3,000. My cost of borrowing is going to be 1% to 3%. If I set this up correctly, that's my interest. But over the long haul, my three grand is going to make 3 to 5% per year. Okay, so I want you to think about what I'm creating on this. Every year, I'm going to have the money that I need for holidays. But when I borrow against it, that money's still going to grow. It's something that in five years, I'm actually going to have more money saved than I spent the first year on the presents because the three grand does not stop growing when I borrow against it. Do I have some interest costs? Yeah, but if I'm putting on a credit card, I have that already. Not only do I have not, not just some interest costs, but I'm earning more than my interest is costing me. So I'm actually making a, po a positive surplus here. Okay, this is this is a great way to do this. Like, I want to just encourage you if you've not done this, think about it. Like, we're moving into the holiday season. 
set up a sacred account. Now it takes usually about a month to two months to get this thing set up and fully going. So that means in January, you would have it ready and you could be putting whatever amount per month into it. And then next Christmas season, it's like, cool, there's the money for my holiday shopping. Boom. Let me take a loan against the policy. Let me go spend it guilt-free because that's what it was for. I'm not worried about it. And the money's still there growing. And then later I pay myself back. And then next year I've got even more than three grand. Every year, Christmas can get better and better and better and better because I keep putting the money aside for it. Okay. Now there's one reason you wouldn't do this. Actually two, let's say three. There's three reasons. Number one, you don't have 250 a month, which goes back to my first point. Go earn more income. Okay. If you've got debt right now, if you don't have six months of reserves right now, if you're not earning more than you spend, and this is going to sound harsh, you have not earned your time off. You've not earned the life of luxury. You need to be working, right? Like you've not earned, I'm done at 5 p.m. and I'm going to watch Netflix the rest of the night. I'm going to take the weekends off. That's for people who earn it. And if you're not in a position where you're comfortable with your finances in the sense that I don't have the debt, I'm earning plenty, I'm saving money, then you need to hustle on your nights and weekends. Okay, you didn't earn the the extra like laziness that comes through during the Christmas season. Okay, I used to get this. It was almost like a disease. Every Christmas, who's ever felt this? And if you're feeling it now, I can totally relate. Every Christmas, I would start feeling kind of lethargic and lazy and sleepy. And I didn't want to quite work as hard. And I would look for reasons to get off work early or sleep in a little bit. Or if a kid could take a day off or work a half day, I would. And my stats in my company would just get murdered every single year. I had to decondition myself out of that. I had to take myself into a different mental environment of like, okay, I'm actually going to push harder. I'm going to join the 1% in November and December. I'm going to join the people that are making money, not the people spending money. And that's how I'm going to get the 250. So that would be reason number one, I wouldn't do something like this. I don't have $250 a month. And that means that I need to go earn more income. How do you earn more income? By earning more income. There's no secret. Okay, go work some extra hours. Go pick up a second job. Go start a side business. Like it's going to take time and it's going to take effort. So when somebody's like, I can't earn more income, to me, that's actually code for I don't want to have to do the work it's going to take for me to earn more income. I don't want to put in more extra hours. I'm not willing to do more work. So I want the money without the exchange. Because if I want the money, I would just go find it. I would just go create it. Okay. So that's the first reason someone wouldn't do this. The second reason is you don't understand it yet. Get the book. They don't jump into this if you don't understand it. Okay. So get the book, learn about it. We've got an entire course on this. We've got an online university with over 400 segments of financial content. And a lot of it covers this exact strategy. You can actually get sacred accounts certified with us where you're, you're going to know as much as I know on this exact topic. So if you're like, I don't understand it, that's actually very valid. That's why you should learn. Okay. Spend some time this holiday season learning, getting some financial education. The third reason someone wouldn't do this is they don't believe it's going to work. Okay. And that's part of like a skepticism. And I would say, if that's you, have you applied the same skepticism to the things you're already doing? Okay. Have you applied the same skepticism to the 401k that you give to Wall Street every month? Like, were you at any point like, what if this doesn't work? I should check it out. I should treat this like maybe it's suspect until it's proven that it's not. Do you do that with your bank? Do you actually know what they do with your money when they give it to you? Have I had that same, you know, I need to, I need to dig into this with them. Okay. Most people, the answer is no. And here's the reason why, because you're marketed to, you are marketed to so that you're so programmed that this is the right thing that when it comes to giving money to a bank and to wall street, you're not going to do it. Well, guess what? When you put money in a sacred account, guess who doesn't get it? Banks, wall street, and the IRS. 
the three groups you give the most money to get zero. Okay, I want you to think about this. The sacred account's not taxable. So when you put money into it, it does, like it's never going to be taxed again, which means if every single citizen in the country saved money in their sacred account, the IRS would fail because nobody would pay any tax revenue because legally they wouldn't have to. So not only is there no incentive for you to know about the strategy, it's actually the reverse. There's an there's incentive for you to not know about it. Like the IRS, they need their tax revenue. They can't have you putting all of your money in a life insurance policy like this and have every citizen doing that because they would collect zero tax revenue and they wouldn't have the money to waste on buying debt and getting into you know loans with the US Treasury and bombing countries that have sand and brown people. Right. Like, like that's not something that they can afford to have happen. And so we have to look at, okay, why wouldn't this be something we know about? Okay. Because there's no incentive for it to happen. If, they, if, if there was incentive for it to happen, it would be something that we see TV commercials about. Right. Real quick, uh, I want to take a segue into um, if, if Rod and Nano have reached out to you, be sure that you check your chat. Um, it looks like, um, let me just, just shout out a couple of people here. Uh, Lawrence, good to see you. Uh, Charles, it looks like Rod reached out to you. Be sure to check your messages, um, Charles, with uh, with Rod. I think Charles Sharp. Um, so again, there would be no incentive, right? Same thing with the banks. If we put all, all of our money into sacred accounts, which by the way, the banks actually do, they put 20% of their tier one capital in the sacred account. Their tier one capital, like a bank, tier one capital is a financial term. What that means is it's their most prized possession as reserves. Like it's the savings that they want to make sure are there no matter what. Right. So they put 20 percent of it. Collectively, the largest banks in the United States have over 200 billion dollars in cash value from whole life insurance policies like the sacred account. Okay, Bank of America themselves, they have over 22 billion dollars in cash value, more than they have in real estate. Think about that. Okay, so they're already doing it. They know it's a good idea. Okay, I have this thing like when I see someone that is more successful than me doing something that I don't believe in. I will actually stop and take a moment and ask, who's the stupid person in the equation right here? Am I the stupid person, meaning I lack the knowledge, I don't know what they're doing, or are they the stupid person making a mistake or doing something that's a bad idea? And so when I look at the bank financially, between, between me and them, they're not the stupid person. Like if someone lacks knowledge, it's probably me if it's compared to them, which means that I need to look at how do I, why are they doing what they're doing and how do I get that knowledge and understanding level so that I'm not the stupid person in the equation. If they're winning with it, I want to win too. I want to be able to take the same concept, right? But imagine, imagine if everyone pulled their money out of the bank right now and put it into a sacred account, what would happen? Number one, there are actually less dollars in reserves than there are deposits, which means your money is not financially allocated. The dollars you put in, banks have a, a thing called fractional reserve banking. They actually lend your money out and invest it their reserve requirement is currently 0%. Okay, 0%. And so what that means is when you deposit your money into a bank, they actually loan all of it out. They're legally obligated to keep none of it in reserves. It's backed by nothing. It's gone. It's not in the bank. So if we all went to the bank today, everyone in the United States went to their bank and said, I want to pull my money out, the banking system would fail. Okay, because there would be so many people and not enough money to actually give to people because all the money's gone. It's not in the bank. It's loaned out. It's invested. And so the financial system would fail. The banking system would fail. Okay, on top of that, if we start then saving it in the sacred account, why would we ever give it back to them? The banking industry would just die. 
Okay, so there's a lot of incentive from them for you not to know about a concept like this. Same thing with Wall Street. If I put my money in the sacred account instead of my 401k plan, okay, like there's not the incentive for, for, for me to learn about that. They don't make fees. Okay, they don't make fees. If Wall Street doesn't make fees, guess what? The U.S. economy starts to collapse because a lot of these companies are propped up by Wall Street. Like how else do you explain Tesla? Okay, if you get rid of Bitcoin and U.S. subsidies, Tesla actually loses money every year. Yet they're valued higher than GM and Ford and AT&T. Some of these companies actually have profit, like they have actual income. That's because Wall Street's propping it up. It's the gambling game. It's the casino. It drives the value of some or the price of something up, even though the value doesn't substantiate it. So if we all stopped doing that, not only would Wall Street fail, a company like Tesla would fail. Right. So there's there's a lot of financial incentive for us to not know about this kind of a strategy. So I want to challenge you, like during the holiday season, this is a great time to do it. Okay, you're going to spend money anyways. You need to spend money for the holidays anyway. So let's plan ahead and let's do 250 a month for 12 months. That's three grand. Next Christmas, you're going to have 70 to 90% of that that you can borrow against. Okay, so that's the first thing we can do. The second thing I want you thinking with this year, during the holiday season, and we're a little bit late for it now, we've got about a week and a half left. This is actually the tail end of tax planning season. Okay, and this is one that that unless you're very financially savvy, most people don't understand that that's even a thing. We know about tax season. Okay, tax season every April 15th, we start seeing the H&R Block commercials and the TurboTax commercials, and they advertise how we can get a refund and da 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 da. Okay, well, tax filing season happens in the spring, but tax planning season happens as soon as you filed your taxes. Because when you file your taxes in 2023, you're actually filing your 2022 tax return. It's for the prior year, which means in 2023, you now know like what happened last year. I've shored myself up with the IRS. Everything is like organized. It's there. And now further into 2023, I need to start looking at how am I going to reduce my current year's taxes so I pay less, okay? I'm gonna give you a real example of this. I had a client call yesterday with a guy, um, actually two of them. So we were delivering their tax plans, Okay. One of these people in particular, he makes about three, four hundred thousand dollars a year in income, and he paid last year one hundred and fifty grand in income tax. Okay, I'm going to repeat that again. He paid one hundred and fifty grand in income tax. Like, imagine earning that much money, working that much hard, getting that skilled, and then having the IRS take away a third of it. And then when you look at the 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 the, the budget, it's like they're they don't even know where their money is at. Right? I saw something yesterday that the Pentagon failed their their financial audit. Like they, they can't tell you where like a third of their expenses went. That's what you're funding with income tax. You're funding financial irresponsibility. You're funding, you know, theft, basically. You're funding, you know, out ethics transactions. And so with this particular individual, we put together a tax reduction plan. We used the tax code. We said, here's all of the things that are legal for you to do to reduce your taxes. Okay. I'm not kidding you guys. We are going to save him $125,000 in income tax this year. That covers a lot of Christmas presents, doesn't it? $125,000 in income tax. That's a huge savings. So I should be thinking with that. Okay. Now, what do I need to do in order to think with that? Well, when I file my taxes, I need to immediately take that tax return and send that to my tax planner. Most people don't have a tax planner. They have either a website they use or they go to H&R Block or they have an enrolled agent who's just going to say, what did you earn? And then they're going to file paperwork with the IRS. Okay. So we have two tax firms. One of them I own is called Tax Kraken. 
The other one's called Tax Hive. It's partnered with Kevin O'Leary. Okay, you guys know Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from TV, right? So we've partnered with 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 Tax Hive, and then we have Tax Crack, and we have two tax firms that can help you with this. So as soon as I filed, like we're about to go into 2023, we get into the first part of the year. I file my 2022 taxes in April 15th of 2023. I should immediately take my tax return and send it to my tax planner. And say, how do we get my, my tax bill as close to zero as we can get it before December? Okay. So tax planning season ends in about 12 days. So it's a little bit of a late start this year. Right. But this is something that you can get massive savings on. The other one, um, and this was a guy that earns just normal income. He's him, him and his wife were making about a hundred, a hundred grand a year, 80 to a hundred grand a year. Uh, and so we're going to save them about five grand. Okay, with tax planning, right? Their their return on investment is going to be about 90% the first year, meaning the amount of money that they put towards tax planning, they're going to get about a 90% return on it the first year. And then it's going to be every year after that. It's going to pay them forever in tax savings. Okay, I want you to consider that. Like, that's a big deal, right? For the average family, five grand is like, that's, you know, that's funding a sacred account. That's funding a self-directed IRA. But if I don't know this and I don't plan for it, I can't take advantage of it. Right. So do you see how important like 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 for somebody, if you just heard this in the last 30 seconds, you're like, wow, there's this thing called tax planning season and I could save money and actually like lower my taxes. This is the difference between knowledge and lack of knowledge. With one little piece of data, your entire viewpoint gets changed. I've had this happen so much with finances It's the coolest thing in the world. One little tiny piece, tiny piece of data and boom, my whole viewpoint's changed. Now I'm like, wow, I need to start thinking about reducing my taxes. I didn't even know that I could do that, right? And now I have this new strategy, a new way to keep more income, which by the way, I should be putting in my sacred account. I should be investing. I should be using to pay off my debt. It accelerates everything, okay? So that's another strategy. That's number two. The third thing that you can do for, for the holiday season um, is you can actually buy gifts, like for, for probably family, like your spouse, your kids, you can buy gifts that are actually based on precious metals. Okay. So we work with a company called Mint Builder. Mint Builder, in my opinion, and they're, they're a ground level company right now. They've been around for a number of years, but this is not a big box gold and silver website. Like the guy, uh, Matt, he's a buddy of mine. He lives in Sarasota. Like they're building out what I believe is going to be the number one precious metals company in the country. Okay. Like the stuff that they're doing is unheard of. It's like, like you're getting wholesale access with them to buy gold and silver the way large financial institutions do it. They're not trying to make a buck off of you on buying an ounce of gold. They want you to have direct wholesale pricing. Okay, they're giving you free storage. They're giving you, you know, the ability to set up, you know, gold leasing, borrowing against gold, uh, listing it privately so you don't have to pay fees when you sell. Um, they're coming out with a digital wallet backed by gold. Like it's actually, if you own a token, you own that much gold and that's actually allocated in a vault, insured, audited, and it's it's there. Right. Like this is crazy stuff they're doing. But one of the things that I do is when I buy someone a gift, I buy them typically something that's based on precious metals. So if I'm going to buy a, a present for a family member or a spouse or, or you know, uh, if I have kids, for example, I can buy them something that's based on precious metals. Number one, that's cool as hell. They're going to be like, this is awesome. I remember the first time I held an ounce of silver. It was life changing. It was the coolest thing in the world. For me, something clicked and I was like, I want more of these. I don't want the paper stuff anymore. I don't want the digits anymore. I want this, right? So I can actually give someone a gift that's going to appreciate. It can be jewelry. My ring that I'm wearing, this is actually 99.99% pure investment grade gold. 
Okay, so that's almost an ounce. So while it's cool, while it's a ring, it's also a store of value. It's something that I know over time is going to be worth more. And it's going to build wealth for me. And that's why I would buy something like that. Or that's why I would get someone a gift like that. So that's the third new, th- third thing you can do. Mark says, Jerry, put me on your Christmas list. Mark, sign up to, to Mint Builder with us and you could put yourself on the list. Um, so that's something you can do to, to build wealth for yourself and for others. Right? So that's the third thing you can do. The fourth thing that I want to give you here, this is a strategy for, for saving money on gifts, is uh, there's a website called uh, Missing Money. I think it's missingmoney.com or missingmoney.org. Uh, and so basically, this is all 50 states. Okay, all 50 states have a database of money that you were supposed to get compensated with. And then maybe it went to your mailbox and it, may, and it never got received or the check got lost. But it goes to the treasury in your local state. And they literally keep it there for you and trust. And on that website, you can go find out how much you're owed. So we've had clients that go on there and they find out that they're owed like three grand. And it's like, wow, I didn't realize I had this money. Okay. And that's something where you're like, okay, good. Let me go check this out. I might have a couple hundred bucks that I could get access to. Okay. I could buy, you know, I could buy my Christmas presents with that. I could buy my gold and silver with that. I could put that in a sacred account. Okay. So that's called missingmoney.org. And that's another one, you know, this time of year, I would be looking at that stuff. Okay, so we have four strategies, four strategies for you to actually build wealth this holiday season. Number one, fund a sacred account with the monthly amount that you need to set aside for your your holiday shopping. Okay, that's the first thing that we talked about. The second thing that we talked about, we talked about reducing your taxes. Okay, reducing your taxes. This is the time time of year to do it. Our tax um, planning team, they're basically going to be done on about December 15th. They like to take the holiday season off. They work really hard. They also then have tax uh, filing season, which is crazy. They're doing back-to-back tax returns a day all the way through April. Uh, and so this is a time of year where they're like, okay, good. Technically, yeah, tax planning season ends on December 31st. We're going to end it on the 15th. And so you've got about 12 days left to do tax planning this year. Um, but if you start earlier next year, if you start as soon as you file your taxes, similar to the Christmas thing, just think ahead with it. Right. I know I'm going to need to reduce my taxes. I know that I'm going to need to build it up over time to get there. I know that I need need to, to strategize and plan. Okay. So that's the second thing we talked about. Third thing is, is doing gifts with precious metals. Okay. If you reach out to Rod and Nano, they can give you um access to the Mint Builder site. Uh guys, there's jewelry on there, there's tokens, there's, you know, if you're into Star Wars, they have literally silver Star Wars Wars um coins and and like, you know. Uh, these are these are things that are actually of value, but they're like very artistic as well. So they've got Star Wars stuff. They've got regular bullion. They've got jewelry. They've got wallet clips. They've got all sorts of stuff that are actually pure gold and silver, and they make a great gift. Because that's the third thing. The fourth thing is going to missingmoney.org or .com. Uh, let me get clear on this one really quick. I'm just going to Google it really quick. Missing money. Missingmoney.com. Yeah, so go to missingmoney.com. Uh, and then that's where, again, you can go on your state registry anywhere you've ever lived, right? If you've lived in a state and had an address there, check that state out. You never know what's in there, you know, whether you're, you're owed a paycheck or you had a, like, for example, I lived in Alaska. I went on there one time and had a life insurance company that tried to pay me money. And for some reason, it didn't get to me. And that money was with Alaska. So I filed the paperwork. I sent it in. I have that money there now, right? So check that out as well. Those are the four ways. So really quick, I want to open this up for some questions before we wrap things up today. 
And again, be sure to reach out to Rod and Nano. If they sent you a, a chat here on Zoom, um, be sure to reach out to them. Um, yes, yeah, so Charles looks like uh, Rod reached out. Jonathan, Rod reached out to you as well if you want to check your chat. Um, Jason Evans, it looks like Nano sent you a message. Go ahead and check your chat, Jason, and see if uh, you can connect up with Nano. Um, same thing with Jocelyn. Jocelyn, if you want to check your, your chat, Jocelyn, and Nano sent you a message there. Um, same thing with uh, Vidin or Vidan, however that's pronounced. It looks like uh, Rod had sent uh, a message to you. Um, Robin, it uh, looks like Nano reached out if you guys want to check your chat. Russell, same thing. Um, Terrence as well. Good. Um, so we have a question from Jason Evans. So let me bring Jason on live really quick and we can answer his question. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to unmute uh, Jason's mic here. And that way Jason can answer his question. We can talk for a little bit on, on the answer to it as well. All right. It looks like Jason may not have a mic. So let me go and just read Jason's question. Um, so Jason asks, let me see if I can find his question again. Uh, can we do velocity banking with the sacred account? Um, so velocity banking is basically using a line of credit to accelerate off debt. You have a line of credit, you use that as a checking account, you pay off your debts aggressively with it. Um, you can do that with a sacred account. So that's something you could set up. Um, you obviously need to fund the sacred account first. That's where it's different within velocity banking. You're not just borrowing a line of credit against nothing and getting a credit line. You're borrowing against money that you actually have saved up. Um, so Jason, I would set up a call with, with Nano or with Rodrigo uh, just to look at the details on that. Um, Jocelyn says we need to have a conversation about taxes. Um, awesome. Jocelyn, connect up with Rodrigo on that for sure. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan asks, can I sign up for the ambassador program? I don't have a side hustle and understanding the sacred account is a huge bonus for anyone to have. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. And what Jonathan's talking about guys is we have an affiliate program called the ambassador program. Um, now our requirement is you first need to be a client and you need to be winning as a client, right? So what is an ambassador? An ambassador is somebody that believes in what we do and they are a client, they're winning and they want to share their experience and they want to share the truth about money with those around them. Um, and introduce them to Wealth Dynamics. And when they become a client, we pay out referral fees. Right now, we have a, a program going where if you send us a client, we send you 100 bucks. When you send us five, we give you a $500 bonus. Okay, which means if you send us a five, five clients, we will pay you a grant. Okay, you don't have to sign them up. You have to have a conversation where they're like, I'm interested. Yeah, let me get on a call. Our team will do the work on signing them up. And once they do sign up and be, become a client, um, you can get $100 per client plus a $500 bonus when you hit five clients. Um, so that's an easy $1,000 extra income right there. Um, if you did that twice, it's two grand. Good. So Jonathan, reach out to, to Rod or Nano on the ambassador program. And that's for anybody. If you're interested in, in earning extra income with Wealth Dynamics, let us know. We are also looking for licensed agents. So if you want to become a licensed agent with us, um, and when I say licensed, I mean you have your life insurance license so you can actually... Uh, refer, market, sell sacred accounts, um, then that's something we want to be able to connect with you on as well. All right, Robin asks, is it beneficial to start an LLC? Um, 
So the LLC, and that's a little bit different topic, but it really quickly, it really depends, right? So the purpose of an LLC is going to be typically two reasons. The first one is legal liability protection. So an LLC separates you from your company. You have your company, it's recognized as its own entity, it has its own tax ID number. Then you have you, you're on your own individual, you have a social security number. So the LLC creates a veil of separation there. Um, and so that's something that if you're setting that up, that's usually the primary purpose the other thing an LLC is good for is legitimizing small business tax deductions in the eyes of the IRS. So let's say that I do have that side hustle, like Jonathan had mentioned. I'm, I'm, you know, making money with Wealth Dynamics, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to write off my home office space because I can do that as a self-employed individual. Okay. Now, if I don't have an LLC and all of my income and expenses between business and personal are commingled and it's all together. It's very easy for the IRS to audit me and say, hey, Jerry, prove all of your expenses. And for me to say, oh, crap, I can't. It's mixed into my budget. And they're going to say, good, well, we're going to disallow all of those. And we're going to charge you taxes and penalties and interest on everything you, you should have paid and didn't. Okay. Creating an LLC allows you to say, I have a bank account for my LLC. All my business expenses and income go in that bank account. And that's separate from my personal. And so when the IRS audits me and says, let me see all your stuff, all I've got to do is pull up my personal and my bank, and my business and say, here's the difference. Here's the business stuff. And here you go. And all of a sudden that's legitimized in their eyes. Okay. So that gives me some protection. One of the number one most audited tax returns, it is a sole proprietor that does not have an LLC. So it's a solopreneur who doesn't have an LLC. The IRS literally will target them. Okay. So um, that's the purpose of an LLC in most cases. Good. That's all the questions I see on uh, Zoom. Let me just check out Facebook really quick and see if we have any questions there. All right. I don't see anything on Facebook. So guys, what I want to do really quick before we wrap up um, is I want to just direct you again to my book. Okay. Consider this my gift, my Christmas gift to you. You go to jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo. You can get a free copy of the book. You cover your shipping. Okay, I'm going to give you a free copy of the book. I'm going to give you a course supervisor to help you get through the book and also a coaching call with Rod or Nano to implement what you're learning. Okay, so again, that's jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo. Let me help you this Christmas season. This is my gift to you. Um, if this is something that works and it helps you, that's going to be a game changer. It's probably going to be the most important gift you give yourself this year. Okay, so again, jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo. Um, and if you've not connected with Rod and Nano yet, go ahead and do that. Um, I will be tuning out here. I don't see any other questions. So a couple of things before we sign out. We will be back back again next Saturday, 1 p.m., same time, different topic. Uh, we do have a webinar with Nano on Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I believe Nano is still in the book Liar's Poker, uh, which is all about Wall Street and what actually goes on behind the scenes. So if you have, oh, we're in a new book. Nano, what's the, what's the book you're on now? Um, the Big Short. Okay, very. So it's similar, parallel. So The Big Short, this is the real story of what happened in 2008. So it still has to do with Wall Street. It still has to do with what happens behind the scenes. But if you have a 401k, if you have an IRA, if you have a retirement account, if you have mutual funds, if you own stock, you owe it to yourself to be on this call with Nano and understand what actually happens when you give Wall Street money. Right? Like, like I said at the beginning, if you see the sacred account and you're like, I'm skeptical, I've never heard of this. Okay, well, did you do that with the Wall Street stuff? Like, I'm not saying don't be skeptical. I'm saying be just about it. Do it to both sides. Don't be like, I'm going to scrutinize one and then give the other a free pass. 
especially when the other one is prone to criminal activity, right? Like I should check that out pretty thoroughly, right? So be on that call. That's 4 p.m. Eastern time, Monday with Nano Aquino. Um, that's it for today. Thank you all for watching. I hope that you guys have a wonderful weekend. Um, and I know we hit a lot of holiday stuff this year. We are wrapping up the year quickly. The days are going to go by faster and faster. So get with my team, get your, your, your holiday shopping sacred account set up, get your gold and silver orders in. It is too late now for tax season, tax planning season for 2022, but that doesn't mean we can't start on 2023. The year's going to be wrapped up pretty soon. So you can reach out on that basis as well. Otherwise, thank you for watching and I'll see you guys next weekend.